Hi guys and welcome to On Wednesdays We Wear Pink. Today's episode is a little bit different. We had a special guest on and we talked a lot about a subject and we honestly didn't want to cut anything out. So we are splitting this week's episode into two parts. The episode you're about to listen or watch right now is part one of the Pixar journey. And then of course next week we'll finish it up with part two. Because two comes after one. So thank you guys and we hope you enjoy. I'm Josiah Rizzo. I'm Benji Jones. And on Wednesdays, we We wear wear pink. Well, what happened? What happened to that intro, Benji? What? Oh, I was like, I I don't know. I was just, I was waiting for him and then I realized it was supposed to be me. That was supposed <laughs> to be, I, I literally set it up for you to go. Well, I know you were like, I'm Josiah Rizzo and I was like, Benji, we're going down the line. Do not embarrass me in front of our guests. Uh, oh hi, God. everyone. I'm Josiah Rizzo. I'm Benji Jones. I'm Eric Johnson. <laughs> we'll cut out that little space. No, 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 no. Let's do that. Let's let's do that one more time. You sounded like you weren't sure. <laughs> I'm Benji Jones. I'm Josiah Rizzo. I'm Benji Jones. I'm Eric Johnson. And on Wednesdays, we, we wear, wear pink. pink. There, that was the one. That was it. I might include all of those. You just said so, that'll just so we know. be a good little end tag. <laughs> um, this is a pop culture podcast where we discuss personal experiences with film and media and everything else and the impact it's left on our generation or is on our generation exactly today we are here with pastor eric uh from our intro episode yes uh <laughs> well, well i don't know if we ever actually named him but you, did. Um, you definitely did did i really did you say pastor eric or did you i say don't know pastor i don't know he's told me so much about you that like anytime i hear pastor i'm just like pastor eric That's yeah like, exactly the only one he talks about when i went to send the email out to you i tried to send it as eric johnson to mm-hmm. keep it professional and benji was like, i literally go no <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, introduce yourself. Hi, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Hi, my parents didn't name me Pastor. <laughs> no, they didn't. His, his first name is Pastor. They and I hope when this podcast is done, I can still be respected as one well in oh, some way. But please, no. absolutely. Uh, so I've known you for I don't even know how long. It's like the Sandlot forever. 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 We went to a church down in Pasadena that um, is no longer with us. I mean, it's not like the, the church died. <laughs> the church died. Do it did, though. It, it did. Church. That's some juicy, juicy gossip for a yes, later another episode. Another day, definitely. Hot um, but I've known you since, like, what, 96 or 97? I honestly can't remember. Mm. I would say yes. I, yes, that sounds right. Yeah. 96, 97, that sounds right. So somewhere yeah. in between there, I met you. You weren't actually my youth pastor because I was literally a child. You and my dad hit it off almost immediately. Yes. Uh, your dad and I just share this, I don't know, it's like a Vulcan mind mill <laughs> <laughs> that we know what each other's thinking about the humor and where we want to go in making films. Yeah. And it, it would just happen. Yeah. No, well, um, for the audience who doesn't know, uh, when I was a kid, uh, me, my parents, our whole family went to a church. Uh, Pastor Eric was in charge of the youth group. Is right. that correct? That or, is correct. Uh, were you also in charge of like, there was a few other things that you you did in that environment. So I can say this, every time someone quit in leadership, that responsibility was added to me. <laughs> so yeah, I was the jack of all trades. You were. Master of nothing. That's always the best position to be. Yeah. The one that gets new jobs every time someone quits. That's yeah. yeah. That's what some people, did you yes. get new pay for? Uh, Absolutely no, not. Oh, of no. course. That's no. the best that's possession never. to be, is no, the no, new yeah, jobs, right. new pay, uh, better pay. Before we move forward, I just want to address the fact that you came in full force pink and I'm living for it. Oh, I right. Just, like we got, the pink shirt you guys probably can't see 
There's pink, pink, like show it off. Rick and Morty. There's pink. Yeah, Rick, Rick and Morty. We got pink pants going on, which is oh, amazing. And then pink Converse. So yeah, good he, job. Bubblegum pink. My first real uh, memory with you was that you would set up these how how would you describe it like when you would take us to the El Capitan group outings oh yes so um back when uh Disney was generous and not greedy if you could believe <laughs> that there was such a time the Disney film studio was trying to find a way to uh to get audiences into theaters right. and and see if if these films not necessarily the big picture ones but the the smaller pictures would actually work so they would invite uh uh group leaders who who they knew had like large audiences that they could bring to like a a, a group setting to screen a film ahead of time mm -hmm. and so um there was maybe like three or four films i remember three musketeers was one of them nice. that uh that we what? would be invited to come see before it ever came out in theaters wow. to see if we liked it or not and then we were invited to uh to bring our groups in and that's and that crazy. started with uh with this experimental film, yeah. animated film from something called Pixar, which was <laughs> Toy Story. Something yeah. called Pixar. Right. Oh my gosh. I always thought that was something that you you kind of like just out of the blue uh, brought to us, but now I'm realizing that you were that helped he, along that you yeah. were a kid and he wasn't magic. <laughs> You're like, wow. Another bubble busted there. <laughs> no, yeah, it was part of Disney group sales and wow. uh, and it only happened at the El Capitan Theater. And and if the people remember, it was like the theater next door where Jimmy Kimmel shoots. Exactly. So Toy Story was the first time I ever went to something well, went to the the big events that they started doing at the right. at the El Capitan. So, with Toy Story, that building next door where they do Jimmy Kimmel, all three floors were the games that you saw in Toy Story. So, giant walls of etch a sketch, uh -huh. uh, spirographs. Uh, there were uh, live shows that were based on the toys that were. It it was they had to kick us out that because you were only supposed to be in that building for like thirty minutes, and we were in there. We we took the entire youth staff. Of course, so we were in there for like three hours yeah, until they like, threw us out. Yeah. Wow! And I said this is the greatest thing ever. I want other people to experience it. So then I opened it up to the the youth group and yeah. their families, and then it became like the whole church. And, and thank God you did, because yeah. honestly, when I was a kid, that was my, there were so many experiences I think back on that made me fall in love with film. Now you, you were volunteering, um, you were on staff at this church, but you've always had a heart for just helping out kids, right. helping, helping out families, just period. Right. Um, and it starts with a lot of kids. And even though I think you always had this really awesome balance that at the time I don't think we were sensitive enough to realize was important, but that you can you can balance faith with um, with art. Exactly. That uh, that's always been me, and I yeah. Uh, I'm, Jesus used parables, which were the co were stories that the common man could understand. Yeah. And I really believe that if if the Christ story happened now, he would use film. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it, Film speaks to us in a way that no other medium can. If you want to briefly just tell us kind of where you're at now. Yeah. Sure. All right. So uh, I work for a nonprofit. We serve vulnerable students um, in low-income areas in our city uh, and provide resources that can help them thrive mm. both economically, uh, educationally, um, and multiple other areas. That's that's one major part of my life is is serving youth. This is my forty first year 
uh, serving teenagers. And that was all because when I was uh, dealing with abuse, uh, there were mentors that reached out to me mm. uh, and got me through it. And I just made it a commitment that I didn't want anyone else to suffer the way that I had, or if they were suffering, that they would know a way out mm-hmm. uh, and commit my life to that ever since. So, um, I mean, did you have anything else you wanted to say about what you're up to right now? I, just like you guys, I write. I'm a, a creator, and, yes. and the goal is to one day put out something as excellent as, as Pixar. There we mm-hmm. go. Okay. Yeah. Love it. Obviously, uh, Toy Story 4 is coming out this weekend. Yes. Um, and we wanted to kind of like just look back on how these films have impacted us um, because, like I said, especially with my like relationship with you, knowing you growing up, um, having you influence uh, what I love about film – a lot of it was through Pixar films, more so than yeah. any of the others. So True. today's topic is going to be Pixar and oh, Pixar films. Right, if you haven't. I was like, we didn't really say that out right. So. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yes. well, these are Pixar so, films. You're welcome. That's why you have a partner. <laughs> <laughs> but even them, they like when they first started, all they wanted to do, because you, you got me to start reading that book. Right, Creativity, Creativity Inc. Inc. by Ed Catamull, the... Uh, the gentleman that created Pixar. Yeah. And it was a lifelong journey. Everybody looks at these things as like overnight successes. Not and it was all. not yeah. overnight at all. No, I did not even think about reading the book. But I did watch the uh, the Pixar's the Pixar special on Netflix. And I got a lot of information about mm-hmm. how the company started. And it was not an overnight success <laughs> no. in right. the least. Right. But it, it always started with this one nugget of an idea, which was we want to make the first computer animated film exactly mm-hmm. right yeah and even beyond that was the nugget of an idea of uh ed himself i think wanted to be a an artist at one point right he wanted to be one he want because the big thing in animation was to be one of the animators the, yeah the big yeah. disney and what was it the nine the disney nine oh, that yeah. were uh, that were animators at the time and when he realized that he didn't have the talent to be a hand-drawn animator he had the dream mm. of computer animation and considering that at the time what we what we have on our on our cell phones um was yeah. an entire room uh-huh uh and that he somehow All had right. this vision that he could use this kind of technology to make to make films yeah. is is phenomenal that's so right. crazy and it's so crazy that people like have visions like that when like nothing around them would even like say that like oh this is possible you know like um there's this one ad that always kept playing in front of my YouTube videos, but basically it was it started off by saying like, um, "We sent a man to the moon on less technology than what's in your pocket on your cell phone," yeah. oh, which is right. like crazy. Yeah. And I don't know right. what they were advertising because I skipped it after that. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it did its job. But it, like the opening thing, I was like, "Man, that's crazy." Skip. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to watch Ariana Grande, but anyway, it's like so. Uh, to kind of set up, we already talked about how like where Pixar started as a kernel. It was established in 1979 as a graphics group in the Lucasfilm computer division. Which Lucasfilm are the people who did Star Wars, for those of you who don't know. You mean for you? I know that, apparently. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I know that. Um, it became its own corporation in 1986, thanks to Steve Jobs, which who loaned them $5 million to get started. As we mentioned, they did release the first computer animated film in 1995 before, like, it's weird to think that there was a time before endless Shrek sequels. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and all these bad, like, just not good. Have you tried going animated. to see an animated movie recently? I don't do computer animated 
your like brain gets assaulted with like yes. 20 minutes of the loudest, most obnoxious trailers yes. in the universe yes. until like a Pixar trailer yeah. will pop up and you're like, oh, thank God. Right. It's not a bunch of fart jokes and pop songs. Right. right. And, and then it'll just go right back into like, John Cena is a snowflake. Yeah. You're like, what? Why? You can't see me. Yeah, <laughs> that's obnoxious. But um, yeah. Yeah, there yeah. was a there was a time before all of that, and that was 1995. That's uh, crazy. It was 95? Was that um? That was, was Toy Story. Toy Story. Yeah, yeah, which is crazy because I was saying before it's crazy that we were like there for the first computer animated film, mm-hmm. and it really didn't like it didn't click into us that it like really was something completely new and innovative. And not just like, oh, this is that new movie that we like now, right. you know? And right, it like had right. really basically never been done before. Like there were like three before that that were all from Pixar. Right. Were a few <laughs> right. Long. right. And then they were just like, oh, here's this full movie. Like that was kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, for you and me, for us, for for the audience. It what was about out for of you? Nowhere. Like, obviously, you said it was experimental at the time. Yeah. You know, and that I think for, for all of us, uh, somehow, the era that we're born into mm-hmm. is like the truth that we think that has always existed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Until something changes. Yeah. yeah. So you know, so if I say eight track tape, you're like, what? <laughs> or, or even like cassette, it's just like, what? Uh, I know you what know. cassettes are. I watch Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh, okay. There you go. Whatever. <laughs> we grew up with cassettes. <laughs> I know. I did. You guys, you grew up with cassettes. I'm younger than that. So for us to see a an entire movie, yeah, that where none of it was was hand drawn, yeah was was really something to behold. Mm-hmm. And I know when you look at it now, you kind of like look at Toy Story and go, oh man, that uh, the technology doesn't look that good. But then mm-hmm. it was... Amazing. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Before we get into the films, how do you think, just like off the top of your head, how do you think Pixar changed storytelling in the industry? Not technology, because that clearly had an impact there, but how do you <laughs> think they changed storytelling? Okay, definitely. Um, I think... With a few exceptions, up until this point, anything that was animated, I, I don't know any other way to say it, was pretty brainless. To actually create something that resonates with children and parents hmm. at the same time, I, you know, it, it's rare that we ever saw anything like that on screen. And I think that is, uh, if, if you track the Pixar films, mm-hmm. um, I think like by the fourth or fifth one, Couples were looking at it as, oh, a Pixar film's coming out? That's a date night. Yeah. Uh, you didn't have to have children to go see these films. They, they became a destination thing. And that's because of the, of the strength of the writing, mm-hmm. wow. the, the depth of the characters, and how these stories resonate with our everyday lives. First of all, as, I think as creators, one of the things that brought me a tremendous sense of peace was, was reading the statement that every Pixar script started off as a piece of crap yeah that is so relieving <laughs> yes. because you think they just like you know just poop out perfection yeah, yeah. breathe life into these perfect right. stories immediately and so then you know you're looking at your you know your screenplay and going oh my god this is a mediocre mm-hmm. piece of yeah. uh, <laughs> oh shit em. i can use that word the, shit the, the ark was made out of shit em wood so mm. this is my word <laughs> for for today that's good that you learn this that. boys and girls right. <laughs> the more you know because <laughs> uh we and never... shit em floats <laughs> <laughs> Shit implodes just like uh, the other stuff. <laughs> there was a line that actually in the book that it's funny that you mentioned that I or it's it's interesting that you mentioned the um, how every script started off as a piece of crap. Right. Uh, that stuck with me, but the one that stuck with me even more was that 
in order for the brain trust, and for those of you who have never read Creativity Inc., brain trust was kind of like this it, it seemingly simple idea of like a group of people that you would present your film like at certain stages right. of, of the work process. Right. You present it to, and there would be this open and they didn't use the word honesty. It was like you had to be what was it authentic? No candor. Right, candor. Candor was the word. Candor. And you basically had to like pinpoint what was what was not working. Right. And the thing that stuck out to me the most in the book was a line, and I've actually started applying this immediately. Like, as soon as I read it, I started applying this. You are not your ideas. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that was that yes. was the thing that they said. They had a lot of directors who were resistant yeah. to these criticisms because they were identifying with their ideas. Right. Yeah. So right. to kill like I think the the term like you know to the to get rid of your babies, as it were, was this personal like affront. But in the end, it's like, no, you are not what you've created yeah. and you can continue to create. You can just like you have to be humble enough to step back and go, what do other people see? Yeah. That yeah. stuck with me. That's that, uh, that's something that's hard for creators is to absolutely. because you do put so much of yourself in your thought and your talent and your ideas into mm. something that it does become your baby. And it's hard yeah. for people to pick at that. But it's like if they can help it be better, then that's good. You mentioned something else, which um, leads us to that. My next question was going to be: You don't have to have kids to go see a Pixar film, exactly. But you are a father, and you have experienced this whole like filmography that we're about to go through right. with people other than just yourself. And I'm, I think we're interested as we go through these, like how that was like for you, because clearly you've volunteered and helped out with other families, but. Um, I mean, this is definitely something I know that you have connected with. I mean, there's so many things. Like, I don't know. You guys will never have the joy of go- walking into uh, the Johnson's home and looking at their Christmas tree because that shit is covered <laughs> in every single pop culture hallmark. Uh, what what are the ornament? Yes. Yeah, so ever so the, the rule is that it, in some form it had to be animated, mm-hmm. uh, and so it, and if it is, then it goes on a tree. So it either had to be in a comic book. Or it had to be animated. Oh, and that's awesome. and so it's our we call it our cartoon tree. Um, it's phenomenal. Right. So that's the this is the person we're dealing with here, guys. This uh, <laughs> homie doesn't homie doesn't play around. Homie he, don't play. Homie don't play that. He he is very much. Um, but uh, you also don't have to rub it into our faces that we will never know the joy of seeing. Well, this you tree. might. I just meant, we're like I meant you guys will never know the joy of seeing this tree. It's, just know that your lives, whatever you aspire to, will never <laughs> add up to the amount yeah. of this tree. Well. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, damn, okay. Jackie. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. So we're. I, I look forward to like we're gonna go through these films, starting with obviously '95. Um, and I'm just interested in kind of your take as not only as a creator, as a writer, as a volunteer, as a pastor, um, but also as a father. Off the top of my head, I dreaded um, animated films that were coming out, especially oh, my daughter, because you need wanted to, to see them. them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and and you knew that some of them were just drivel it was just it was terrible (laughs) what a word toy story and and, you know and bear in mind when i saw toy story toy Toy story it was with an adult staff Mm. so there were no children it was it was it was our youth staff and so uh and we were blown away by the genius of the movie and then the synergy of this live experience that we had immediately following the film and so we couldn't wait for their next film whatever it was right so this was something as an adult i looked forward to yeah um 
and then you know just being in a house where uh, I mean, this is what we we loved, and okay. to be able to bring our daughter into that world, yeah, was great. So it became a destination thing for that's our family. Uh, so cool, yeah. yeah, that's perfect. That's it's amazing. Funny that you say that you mention like dreading when like bad cartoons would come out mm-hmm. because like obviously I don't have a kid, but my little brother is eight years younger than me, mm-hmm. oh. so like I have that experience of like having to watch certain movies over and over and over again right. because he loves them and you just have to be there to watch and you just right. have to do it. Like, I have a list of movies that I can never watch again in my life because he just ran them. Off the, the top of your head, which one? Kangaroo Jack for one. Oh, my Absolutely. God. Ooh. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that movie. It's mm. ridiculous. We're going to start off, obviously, in 1995. You were saying something uh, interesting about kind of like where the state of animation was at the time. Right, because it at the time, Disney Studios that it had this amazing run of hand-drawn animated musicals were now just putting out one clunker after another. I remember hearing that, I want to say I was like in middle school or something, they kind of, somebody was like talking to us about like how like Disney almost went under because like just people weren't responding to their movies anymore and Pixar is what saved them. And then now watching like the Pixar special, seeing that Disney saved Pixar also, by, like, them collaborating, it was, like, interesting to see, like, oh, like, they definitely saved each other. Like, they both definitely needed each other because by themselves, they both would have, like, probably gone down. So Yeah. So, Toy Story. Benji, why don't you start us off? What do you remember about Toy Story? I remember it being on my shelf. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I, I like Toy Story a lot. It wasn't actually one of my favorite movies, which, going down this list, I realized... A lot of Pixar films, I loved them a lot, but they weren't my favorites. Like, they weren't my favorite favorites. I loved them, but they weren't my top Well, you, as you mentioned in last week's episode, your favorite Disney films, period, were when it was a female uh, protagonist. Female leads, yeah. And unfortunately, up until 2012's Brave, there wasn't a female, not like a a princess Mm female-led Pixar film. Right. They got close with like Dory um, as being like (laughs) one of the main co-leads. But I did love that movie, but that was just a great movie. Oh, Finding Nemo, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Anyways. It wasn't your favorite. I, I don't know if you remember this, but my dad, my dad has his like, he has his obsessions when it comes to Pixar films. Like when Toy Story came out, I liked it. It was my first film I ever saw in theaters, but my dad loved it. Because it speaks to our childhood. It does? The, the toys that they are playing with oh, are the toys of our generation. See, that's, I, that's cool. probably it. Because I always wondered yeah. where those toys came from. Yeah, the, <laughs> the slinky dog, potato head, all oh, of those things. Yeah. Uh, having a piggy bank. It's funny because the potato head was the only one that I had like, grow, that growing up watching the movie I had actually heard of and knew what it was. But like slinky dog, I was like, what is that? Anyways, yeah, Toy Story for you guys. Um, yeah, so, like, you've, obviously, we've already talked about kind of, like, where you were right. when Toy Story hit. That's right. huge. I My first film, it was, I, I think I said this in the introductory episode, it, I just remember waking up in the theater. I don't, this was before, <laughs> so this was before I, I remember anticipating films. Like, up until then, like, I liked films, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what anticipating a film was like. I didn't, it just happened to me. Yeah, but I remember my dad just like he took that VHS and watched it so many times. It was (laughs) to the point where I actually hated Toy Story for a a long, long time. Funny, that's really interesting to hear. Yeah, so my dad did to me what your brother did to you. Yeah, I was Mm. like, (laughs) yeah, so 
Good to know I'm not the only one. But that was, yeah, that was Toy Story uh, in 95, which we've already covered. Let's skip ahead to 1998. Ooh, Bugs Life. Bugs Life. I'm just going to start off and say this is one of my favorite Pixar films. Like, I love A Bug's Life. See, and I love A Bug's Life, but it's amazing when you read, like, when when they rate Pixar films, yeah, Bugs Life is at a bottom at the bottom. Always. I don't know why. Really? I, same, yeah, yeah. It, it really frustrates me. That's it's always weird. got to include in the bottom of the list, like mm-hmm. never as bad as like Cars Two or um, the Good Dinosaur. Well, I mean, it was never on our shelf, so I guess it wasn't that good. <laughs> just, Do you remember? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Do you remember we, the multiple VHS covers that they had? No, I don't. Really? Okay, so actually what's fun, you had, I remember, the, one of the few memories I remember from your house, you had the VHS, the widescreen VHS of A Bug's Life. Yes. Um, which I... Oh, you're right. That's right. Because if it was if it was widescreen, it had a particular cover. Yeah, it was just one yeah. cover for the widescreen. Right. But then for all that, it was a, there was a VHS with Heimlich, there was a VHS with Hopper, Ada, mm. Dot, mm. Um, Francis, and then Flick. That's upsetting, though, like, because then, like, you have to buy, like, six, like, you have to buy the movie, like, six times over to get all of the yeah. covers, yeah. which is what they want. Right. I tried to convince my dad that, and he was not having it. He was like, Flick, and that's it. <laughs> Pick your favorite. <laughs> Flick. No, no favorite. He said Flick. Yeah. My dad said Flick. Oh, like, right, right, because it was I, his... Uh, I don't know if I've yeah. stressed enough how personal a connection my dad has with these <laughs> Pixar films. (laughs) For a long period, I wasn't even sure if I liked them as much as he liked them. (laughs) Like, wait, who's this movie? So as a parent, I will confess on behalf of all parents Mm -hmm. that we didn't buy these for our kids. We bought them for us. (laughs) You told yourselves you bought them for us, us, but they really bought them for themselves. Take all those toys. Those are... Well, they're yours, but treat them them well. So obviously you were excited about A Bug's Life, though, because this was only the second film to ever be. Right. And and coming from the same creators. Mm -hmm. And after you, you know, you just make such a huge impression, then you want to see the next thing that they're going to do. Yeah. 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 And it was something that was entirely different than Toy Story, but took you into another world. Um. And who doesn't, who doesn't love, uh, if I can say it, a David and Goliath story that yeah. deals with racial oppression? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Rewatching a Bug's Life, I was struck by how, um, how, how great of an analogy it was for oppressed like minorities or or just a rate oppressed a racial group because there's a right. moment in it. Where Hopper, he says something where it's like, it's not about, I have this written down, it's not about, um, it's not about the food, it's about keeping those ants in line. Right. And he says like, those ants outnumber us 100 to 1. If they figured that out, then our way of life would be gone. Right, right. And I'm watching it being like, this is, feels really relevant to today's age because it was the idea of like, acknowledging your strength. Right. Oh, because he's, oh. It was the moment where he, um, my favorite, like, I just love the whole ending with Flick when he's standing up to Hopper. Right. Uh, after he's right. been, like, beaten. And he just yeah. keeps yeah, getting yeah. up. The moments like that, like, we've talked about this even in our Avengers episode. Like, of course. Anytime a character has no reason to stand up but stands. And then right. just tightens that shield. Just tightens the yeah. shield. <laughs> yeah. Like, those hit me. But then he says to. Chills. Yes. <laughs> he gives me chills now. Uh, just, but that line because Hopper looks down at Flick and goes, "You're, you're, uh, you're lower. You're, you're dirt. No, mm-hmm. you're lower than dirt. Right. You're an ant." Right. And it spoke to that 
not just oppression, but turning your identity against yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's right. That's rough. And even the fact that he is not just part of an oppressed people, mm-hmm. he's even oppressed by his own people. Oh, yeah. he's considered the Speak. lowest of the low. Uh, um, and that so his heroic stand is is truly a phenomenal one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where everyone recognizes his value and then their own value in turn. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's like if he can stand up, he's like. <laughs> He's right. a loser. Who is right. that? Like, he's standing right. up. Okay, let's do it. Does anyone else have anything to add? Because I got one last thing. Go ahead. For a bug's life. Yeah. The freaking bloopers. Yes. Yes. Whoa, yeah. Oh, my God. What a treat. <laughs> and well done. Yeah. Right. What? Right. That you would create animated bloopers that were pure genius. Uh, I still... I. That's the one downside of those bloopers is I'll rewatch the movie and I will remember the blueberry. <laughs> I will remember what they did as opposed to what actually happened in the film. And right. I'm like, no, 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 that's that's the blooper. <laughs> and the best later. part was, so I saw that film at the El Capitan with you guys, but we loved it so much that we went to another theater to see it. And they had a second pair of bloopers, not the same pair. Wow. They released a second pair, which was just like I I was like like I was getting a crash course in what film can do mm-hmm. all in 1998 because yeah. it was just like uh, oh you thought we were just gonna have a film no we have a short film before the film and then you thought the film was over no you got bloopers and then you thought you had that figured out just kidding we've got more <laughs> and I, more. as a kid right. I was like yes. I don't know how to process this, this is just one film I feel like I'm I <laughs> I just want to see little Josiah freaking out <laughs> at the new set of bloopers like and your parents just not new? understanding young why. Josiah why don't you try and find a 30 year old Steve Rizzo just like freaking <laughs> losing his shit right. just being like oh my god well I think if I wait like <laughs> I don't know what voice that was about that to was be, my dad. about to be good oh my god uh, this movie's great that's <laughs> definitely how your dad I'm says. pretty he would tell people in the theater really? stay for the bloopers that's funny uh, I remember that yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, don't leave don't leave. <laughs> don't leave you gotta see great okay well that's to- uh, Bugs Life uh, oh but can we yeah I, no no please uh, because this kind of leads into the next one okay the genius of the short before Bugs Life is that the character in Jerry's game appears in the very next film. Ooh. Is that who it's fix, a, says fixes Woody? Yeah. Yes. It's really? the same yes. it's the same character animation. Yes. Oh, Which was I did not realize genius. that. That's so cool. Yeah, that is great. Well, it's, like, that, it's funny because as soon as you said that, I was like, he is in there. Yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> so now we're into 1999. If I was anticipated for a Bugs Life. That was up to an 11 when it came to Toy Story 2. <laughs> right. What were your first thoughts? So I'm different than you. I absolutely love that film. Oh, right, right. Yeah, the last time we talked, I didn't like it that much. Yeah. I, I loved it. And nothing uh, grabbed me mm-hmm. like the scene where Jesse sings When Somebody Loves You. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Everyone in the theater... As every adult, any kid that ever had a toy, all of a sudden felt like they were Garbage. Nazis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. Oh, my God. I killed my toys and just left them at the side of the road. Oh, oh my God. It was. But what a powerful song. Yeah. And what a powerful film moment that just it was like, oh, my God. I, again, the the greatness of the writing is that you feel that these characters are real. Yeah. And you don't feel any... I mean, all of us immediately think, 
What have I done to my toys? I'm a monster. <laughs> I, I, left, I left my childhood yeah. mm-hmm. by well, the road. It definitely impacted me because uh, just in that closet around there, around the corner, I still have a uh, Woody and Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> they looked jack as all uh, get up. <laughs> as a real As real toys, toys would. would. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But they're still there. And right. every time I think about getting rid of them, right. it's like I can hear that song and right. I can see their tiny little eyes looking into my soul. Yes. And I'm like, not today. <laughs> <laughs> not today. Not today. I won't yeah. be that person. I will <laughs> not be. Uh, that's funny. This, uh, unfortunately, at the time was my first, I remember my first disappointment ever in a film. Because I hyped up Toy Story 2 to just un, unfathomable heights. Like, right. I was excited that we were going to go to the El Capitan. Right. Of course, I was disappointed when we got there and I found out there wasn't a, a playhouse next door. Right. It was just a Right. Play. They had ended that and now – but what you got was an amazing stage show. Mm. Th- Is I that what like, we got? I would have probably preferred that, honestly, as a kid. Like, I love you a good – stage show like it's fun you I think that's probably what made you not like the movie you just immediately were like I'm out (laughs) (laughs) young Josiah was a bitter Josiah clearly Mm. he was like I wanted an interactive experience block (laughs) 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 what a little tool um Benji what was your experience with Toy Story 2 um it was there and it was a sequel to the other one. <laughs> that, like I did, I did enjoy the movie. Um, obviously, the when somebody loved me was like a rough one, but I still had all my toys, so mm-hmm. I was like, "Don't worry, guys, you're not." Going it was anywhere. preemptive for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, be careful. Right. They'll they'll be hurt. You'll yeah. hurt their feelings. And I, we had to. It wasn't necessarily because of this song, but it helped because like my mom loved to like clean out our toy boxes every few mm-hmm. months and like get rid of like the broken not toys, today, the old ones, Cheryl. and like we would have to like um we'd have to like basically barter and debate on which ones get to stay and which ones go um and she would like donate the ones that we ended up giving up but like i remember one day she did that with us like while we were at school or we were out of town or something and we came back and like a third of our toys were gone and we were like, Mom, what did you do? And she was like, well, you guys were gone. And I got rid of the ones that, like, I, you guys know I don't see playing with a lot or that she, were Andy's broken. Mom, your and toys. I was like, Mom, wow. no. And it was like, because there was a few. I mean, she essentially did well, but there was like three or four, I remember, that were ones that were broken, but they were my favorite still. Now they're off somewhere singing a depressing song. Well, it wasn't my fault. They know. They know what happened. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> they know it wasn't me. It wasn't me. me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, I took a group of kids, and this is... Fast forwarding into the future when uh, in preparation for the release of Toy Story 3, they did a double feature in 2009 for Toy Story and Toy Story 2. Mm -hmm. And I now all these years in the future. Now I'm a part of a daycare at my church and um, it's like a kid's care. They're not they're not all babies. But um, I convinced the parents, I was like, we should all go see this double feature. And that was weird. And we'll get to this as like we progress in the storyline. But it was weird to somehow start introducing my love for something to younger people who were, who were just starting to figure out what film meant to them. Right. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. So now we are off to 2001 for none other than Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. At this point in my life, I no longer live in California. Uh, we've moved to Texas. So I don't get to participate in any El Capitan experience. And was there any for Monsters, Inc.? No. As soon as you left, it stopped. I, I wish I could say that. But, <laughs> but we kept going. Damn it. In spite of the fact that <laughs> you guys were gone. But did they have, did they have like a, a, a building set up or was it just a play? No, it was still just a play. 
It, Good. Uh, they would do a play and maybe like some kind of, um, you know, like an exhibit of of um, you. You can't even call them costumes, yeah. but you could like uh, take you could take a picture with the characters and, right. and stuff like That's that. Cool. I don't have too much to say on this film. Well, uh, I mean, I'd hate to admit it because we both know it's true. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. There goes. <laughs> At this point, has anyone other than Randy Newman scored a Pixar film? I think no. And and the great thing about Monsters Inc. is that he wins his first Oscar. Really? Yes. It was his hit after. I think at the time he was one of the most nominated uh, uh, individuals had and had never won, mm. and finally broke that streak with. Um, with song for yeah. uh, for monsters. That Inc. was wow. that was the song. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, I mean, I loved it. I I think it was a phenomenally creative film. Um, it just kind of always falls into that like, it's one of my favorite Pixar films. But I could say that about a lot of them. True. So I never know where to place this it. This is definitely in the top for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. For sure. Top. Such three. a great ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. that. Emotionally poo? or the climax. Yeah. The very, very end oh. where the door has been recreated. Yeah. Oh, yes. And yeah. he gets to see her again. Right. Yeah. Just, and just ending it the way that they yeah. did was just like, oh. Uh, yeah, it's just this like yeah. sigh of like relief. You're just like, yes. Right. They found each other again. Yeah. It was so great. My dad loved For the Birds. This For the Birds. This uh. shot up. This This skyrocketed. <laughs> To my dad's favorite Pixar short. This was absolutely, I mean, I guess it was really only, what, the third one at this point? Yeah. Right. And the first uh, really, like, original one, or second original one, because Luxo Jr. was already done. But, yeah, it was my favorite, but I guess there wasn't really a lot to compare it to at that point. But right. it's still, it still is definitely in my top ones. So, yeah, do you want who wants to introduce uh, Finding Nemo? I, I will, because um, I am a sucker for father-son stories. Uh-huh. And... Finding Nemo came out around Father's Day, and right. my my wife and daughter took me to uh-huh. see this as a as a Father's Day gift. Um, it is it is the Bambi Lion King of Pixar movies. This is the very first Pixar film where a major character dies like right at the beginning uh, and yeah. you're like oh my god that's yeah. true now yeah. we're dealing with with grief and loss and had they had they not experimented with i'm trying to think like all those films that we just mentioned was death not a part of it it was it really wasn't yeah that's true. wow so this was like death has now been thrust in front and and because you never want to know what's going to happen you don't want to read ahead of time and find out what the you know what the story is all about you just want to experience it right um Gosh, how old is my daughter at this time? She is... 2003. 2003, so she's maybe 12? It's old enough. Yeah, 91? Two, three, yeah. Yeah, right. About 12. Um, but still, to just get hit with something like that... Oh, right. Yeah, was was not what you were expecting. And I think as as a father, for me, the... Um, even though you, you try to be... I mean, you try to be the best dad that you can. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be that moment where your child is not connecting with you, mm. and and you're feeling the sense of I, I'm I'm working so hard to try to understand and and trying to connect, and 
and you're losing or you feel like you're losing yeah um and so this uh, this film um really emotionally touched me in a in a huge way yeah um because i felt the helplessness of a father who wanted to connect with with his child yeah yeah wow yeah and that was definitely the struggle of the entire movie and they were able to get past that but that was like that's that's real right there. They're tackling real stuff. Have they ever really, like, I mean, as far as my knowledge, um, and there's such a wealth of history out there, but had animated films really leaned into that kind of, like, father, like, parental aspect of... No. Well, it seemed like the early Disney animated films, you know, death is a part of it. Now, maybe you don't see it. Well, I but think Bambi is the one that traumatized everybody. Yeah. In my generation, because it's right. like, oh my god, you know, Bambi's parents get, you know, get killed. You know, yeah. it's just right. Like, yeah. But had they ever made character like were parents to make a father the main character of the story, as opposed to it? Because I was reading that that was kind of a, a point of contention where it was like, why don't you focus on Nemo as opposed to the father, who's like, that's not gonna, that's not the sexy idea that's gonna, you know. Bring people to the right. young baby fish being a sexy yeah. idea. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, yeah. When you read articles about movie executives, you're just like, what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, it's yeah. not the pop culture, it's not the popular choice because it's like, oh, if we're making a kids' movie, why don't we make it about the kids? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. are you going to advertise a kids' film and be like, man, Albert Brooks and Ellen DeGeneres? Because, um, I mean, that's a whole thing in itself. Right. Because she, at the time, had she started Ellen yet? Had she started her talk show? Probably. I think so. I feel like. I actually, I have no clue. But this is where I discovered Ellen. This is where I found out who she was. Same. And I was like, dude, this Ellen chick is great. So funny. Yeah, we we didn't grow up with her the way that, like, you or my father, like, knew about her from her previous show. Right, right, right. Yeah, that, like, blew me away when I found out about that. Now, I will say about Albert Brooks is that he is, in his films... He was the king of desperation comedy. So having him be the voice of Marlon was, I thought, ab- absolute genius. That's what I'm saying, though. Is like, but Pixar does that. They right. they take risks where they will choose voice actors for their films, not because it's the sexy choice, but because it's the right choice. Yes, yes, I agree. You know? yeah. Another thing is that's where I first realized that like a whole movie can be like, just revived off of one person like one yeah. person can just carry a movie and steal the show even though it wasn't about her it, she was everybody's favorite character like i mean maybe not everybody's but i would say who, good a good chunk everybody of america matters was, was quoting dory yeah you know but then you had the albert brooks character who right. like is who he is so that you can have dory be who she is oh, exactly. absolutely yeah but a a you know it, it's it's ironic that the the previous film uh monsters inc the the subject is is using fear for fuel mm-hmm. but really the theme of of finding nemo is all about fear yeah. a parent's fear of letting go and it's a valid yeah. fear too yes a very valid one like that opening scene immediately sides you with the character of marlin right yeah right exactly like, so like right. he's kind of he is a little obnoxious and he's he's very controlling but it's you 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 understand why he would be like that no it is and i uh i'll be the the first one to you know to be honest about the day that my daughter was born was the day that the world was no longer safe wow whereas yeah. before i would take risks and never think about oh yeah i'll do this and i'll do that and yeah. everything all of a sudden it was 
oh my god, there's danger everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's horrifying. It is yeah. because yeah. you you suddenly realize that any little thing could be danger. Yeah. This one, yeah. Yeah. We took our dad to go see it for Father's Day. Mm. My dad came back and was like, Mom, you're not going to want to watch it. That is stressful as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, like, I, it's probably actually right. probably one of the most stressful Pixar films. Like, because it's just yeah. relentless. Like, one right. thing after another after right. another. This is a perfect example of something that both children and adults oh, yeah, are, for sure. are not just entertained, but Something is put in your face that you were not expecting to, mm-hmm. to, no. to hit you with. And it paid off. Like, yeah. it, it, I think to this day, this would have to be the biggest Pixar film, like, ever in terms of, like, the zeitgeist. Not not, not box office-wise, because I know at right now, I think Finding Dory holds. It's either Finding Dory or um, uh, Incredibles 2 holds, like, the, uh, the, 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 the box office, box office, office record. record. Yeah. But in terms of just, like, the cultural impact, I, I oh, can't yeah. think of a film that just – dominated like every aspect oh. of our lives as much as finding Nemo Absolutely. did. Absolutely yeah. finding Nemo. And no Randy Newman score. Correct. Yeah, who ended up scoring it? And him? and no songs. Uh there was one song. Life gets you down, know what you gotta do. Know what you gotta do. <laughs> just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. Yeah, well, you know, Oscar winner right there. <laughs> yeah. It's on my iPod. Now we're gonna go into my father's favorite movie of all time 2004's The Incredibles are you trying to I'm trying to I'm bad at whistling I was trying to do the yeah that I don't know if I'm gonna cut that out just overlay that on me doing it because right. I think I did it first, so I deserve to have the credit. <laughs> Snore. <laughs> yeah, you you're 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 chomping at the bit. What what do you want to say? Uh, yeah. yeah. We're just <laughs> delaying <laughs> we're delaying the inevitable. The, the inevitable, the incredible. We, release the Kraken. Tell us. All right. So there was on my part a tremendous and probably your dad as well, a huge amount of excitement to see this film. We could not wait for Brad Bird's follow up to the Iron Giant. Mainly because, one, Warner Brothers did such a crappy job of marketing what I still consider the greatest hand-drawn animated film ever made. Right. And we considered Brad Bird to be a genius. So, we one, we, we couldn't wait to see this film. And it was everything that we could have imagined. I think at that time, when The Incredibles came out, it was the greatest superhero film I had ever seen in my life. If it isn't still in that top, like, five. Oh, so, for sure. Yeah. Def- yeah, definitely. As a, uh, as an, as an older person, as, well, let's put it this way, as a, as a married man, mm-hmm. um, the whole dynamic of, of husbands and wives and the fights and disagreements that we have. Yeah. Uh, was so realistically captured mm-hmm. in in this animated film. Again, something that you weren't expecting to be hit in the face, not with um, not with what you see in cinema all the time yeah. regarding marriages, but real real issues facing a marriage. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the the last thing I'll say about this is the incredible yeah. score by Michael Giacchino oh, who at that time phenomenal. I think we only uh knew him for lost uh but right my god uh Michael Giacchino and I I don't want to say something trite like well he's the next John Williams 
but I do want to do a comparison of how versatile he is and that any score that he does is immediately memorable. Yeah. The, the score from Up, the score from Incredibles, the score from Coco. I mean, these things stay with you mm. um, and you can just listen to them over and over again. And the fact that he was not nominated. Mm. Not at the time. Uh, no. One of the greatest film scores um but was not nominated so no he uh, wasn't however i do feel he was done justice with um years later in up yes by far so and yeah. it wasn't like a it wasn't a pity a pity nomination right. that was <laughs> right. by far an even more phenomenal score but yeah the incredible theme is for lack of a better word <laughs> super it is incredible. <laughs> that's what you thought i was going to say incredible um, benji your thoughts? Um, I loved the Incredibles movie so much. Um, I distinctly remember that year I got all of the Incredibles toys for Christmas. I was wow. begging and bartering with my mom for months <laughs> with Santa Claus for months about getting all of them. But I got the whole family in like the like little action figures. Violet, who is so tiny and skinny, snapped in half <laughs> like oh, a no. week later because yeah. she's like tiny, and I like. Anyways, um, so had all of them, and then I had the uh, remote control Incredimobile with like a little um, Mister Incredible that went inside of it, and it like mm, erased so it everywhere. Yeah. Super cool. So that was like a little fun memory, like around the movie. Um, and then also, I remember um, watching this movie with my little brother, and him not understanding uh, Syndrome's line about when everybody's super, no one will be, and he was just like, "What does that mean? Like everybody will be super?" And I was like. It's just just watch it again in four years. And don't understand? Like I didn't even like, I didn't even know how to tackle that. There is something to be said about kind of that they started introducing abstract um, uh, themes in, mm-hmm. in the Incredibles. Right. Like you know, fear is kind of a universal theme. Like fear of fatherhood is pretty complex. But um, what they were dealing with in the Incredibles in terms of like jealousy, intermarriage, jealousy, right. like right. the feeling of having uh, past your prime, insignificance. Yes. Yeah. There's like yes. a uh, there's a, a multitude of things yes. that like I'm even trying to think of now. Like it is a masterclass in how to entertain children while dealing with heavy stuff. Yeah, like, right. True. Because right. the fact that I didn't that right. none of that bogged this film down for me when I was a kid watching it. Like yeah. clearly, you and my father are going to appreciate some of the more subtle aspects of the movie, but I, like, and it wasn't like, it didn't have to placate to me with fart jokes or whatever. Yeah. Right. It just right. knew how to entertain you. I loved it. Clearly having my dad there laughing the entire film helped <laughs> yeah. like the enjoyment factor. But I think, that, I think it's a symbiotic relationship that like these films have, because like if the parents enjoying it, I feel like the kids are going to pick up on that as gonna, well. Yeah, they're going to like it too. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. the kids will enjoy things in spite of their parents, but um, but I think it helps when the parents are also with them. Yeah, as well. And so genuinely enjoying. And then uh, Bounden, Bound, Bound, Bounden, Repo. Oh. We don't have to hit. Do you, I, I don't know, but I'm just hitting the ones that I like because I skipped the last oh, one. Right. But I right. do like Bounden a lot. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't love love it, but I just it makes me laugh and it was super cute. And it, it has. Had, it has well, your music. your exact reaction was huh, what? <laughs> After it finished, she was just like, oh, "Okay, yeah." It was just kind of. I I was like, it was cool, but it was also pointless. I was like, "Okay, so basically, um, he's sad, so you're just gonna make him bounce around." Like, uh, I understand the theme and what you're going for, but also that doesn't make sense. But yeah, it was fun. I would say we would. It would be a crime if we didn't if we skipped the film without mentioning Frozone's iconic line. <laughs> Honey, Honey? where? where? 
is my super suit. Why do you need to know? <laughs> we quote that all the time oh, at oh, uh, yeah. at Six Flags when we'd get ready to go out in costume. Yeah. All the time we'd be quoting and shouting at each other where our suits were. Amazing. That's so good. That line and Bob, I need you to engage. <laughs> if, 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 For parents, I'm yes, assuming. I'm sorry. That is that is so real in a, in a relationship. Yeah, is so, that that's so weird? Because that one just went right past me. But I'm guessing when you're a oh no, I'm watching that whole dynamic yeah. of of how they're just going at it, and I'm just like, Ugh. that's real. Yeah, too real. Truth. a little truth. close, truth. a little too close. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, anything else before we skip? Uh, oh, wait a minute. There was nothing that came out in 2005. Guess not. Nope. Oh shoot! Nope. I was trying to like rack my brain. Okay, well then I guess we're we're in 2006 and we've got cars. Life is a highway. Yeah, and that's all I can say about cars. <laughs> I, I yeah. Great soundtrack, but this was my first Pixar disappointment mm. uh, because. Every film prior to this was something so original and yeah. so brilliant. And then I see Cars, and beat for beat, they took the script from Doc Hollywood and just put animated Cars in it. I liked it. I enjoyed Cars. But cars it was one of those, no like, I don't hate on Cars, but it is one of those films where it just, like, it kind of came and went. Yeah. I was getting older, and it just, they it weren't. It seemed childish, It almost. seemed very childish. Yeah. And that's the issue, is that it, yeah. it connected with children. Yeah. And it is Disney's, I mean, not Disney, but Pixar's biggest marketing machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's no wonder that there's a Cars land, because and when it comes to merchandising, yeah. Cars is the one. So, so now, now we're in 2007, 2007. and <laughs> we are talking about Ratatouille. Ratatouille kind of falls in this weird um this weird like balance of like it's not the most memorable of Pixar films but when you do watch it it always strikes me and I like yes this is such a a well done brilliant film and it's Mm -hmm. almost like a little surprise every time I feel the exact same way actually like it's one that I saw and I was like oh cute cute little kids film and then when I watched it I'm like no this is really good right it is uh, is in that world of the other Pixar films where it's like it just is something that's for everybody Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this uh Pixar film to me was one of the biggest risks because it was mm. another one of those movies that were that was not working, right? And uh, uh, and so they brought in Brad Bird to fix the film. Yeah, and Brad said the problem is that you're not treating the rats as real rats, mm. and and this is one of the reasons why people either love or hate Ratatouille because they can't stand. Scene. The thought <laughs> yeah. of rats in a kitchen, yeah, yeah. but yet it was the boldest decision to make that happen. So, yeah. what, what uh, they were trying to make them too cute or something, or, or they were yeah, they were making human. them really cute. I mean, they were like Mickey Mouse kind of, yeah. kind mm-hmm. of cute. They didn't even resemble An something that was rat. real, but and that was the like, tension. Yeah. yeah, but then it didn't make sense when they were like, "Get out!" Because they're like these adorable little pets, right? <laughs> like, right. That is true. Because like that's the thing. Like Ratatouille, in a weird way, like you would not think of it this but it's a challenging film you understand why remy is fighting an uphill battle because right. yeah they i guess they didn't pull any punches when it came to like these are rats. they still right. made them cute but like there's something weird about seeing them skitter around that kitchen oh yeah they just, like yeah. they left definitely yeah. look like rats it's yeah. uncomfortable it's creepy yeah. yeah but remy does wash his hands before he cooks and that I is appreciated this is true. This is that true. was one thing that like, well because he also like, he walks on hind legs yeah so he's not his paws aren't always like yeah. on the floor but anyway. i was like i was hesitant when he was like about to cook and i was like ew 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 and then like he did his little <laughs> hand washing and i was like i'm in let's go <laughs> so simple <laughs> simple thing 
I really just can't say enough about the risk that they took to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the oh yeah the the other thing is the statement about critics was oh, phenomenal yeah. that uh, it, that critics don't count <laughs> if it's not about the love of the craft mm-hmm. uh, yeah. that that was absolutely brilliant and the minute that the that the critic takes the bite of the ratatouille and he reverts to his childhood. Yeah. Everyone in the theater resonated with that image. It was yeah. like, I get that. It yeah. was it was so powerful. Yeah. And uh I it reminded me to make sure that I was free from being jilted and jaded and maintaining childlike wonder. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It makes the victory resonate even more to have the critic. Like, I love the silence when he comes in. It's like, I'd like to meet the chef. The right. silence of watching yes. him perform. Yes. That is such a beautiful, that's yeah. not an animated film. That is like right. a master, like a cinema. Yes. Like, anyway, it's a master film. Right. And you forget that you're watching an animated movie. Like, mm-hmm. right. it's just this beautiful, quiet moment of watching a critic really just like humbly observe something that he n- never imagined he would observe. Yeah. One Beautiful. of the great things about Michael Giacchino is that uh, uh, I've seen him several times in interviews state that not every scene needs music. Oh, uh, yeah. Many scenes are served better by silence than they are by mm-hmm. music. It is telling that the next film recognizes the power of sound mm-hmm. and silence rather than words. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. that is the perfect cue up. Uh, perfect. I don't have anything else to say about Ratatouille. Yeah. Um, and I feel this was one of the movies I knew for sure you would want to talk about, Pastor Eric. I know it's one of your absolute favorites. So let's let you introduce yeah, this let's, one. <laughs> sure. Of all the, and I love, with the exception of maybe Cars, all the Cars films. I love that we keep <laughs> hating on Cars. Um, Our example is always like. <laughs> because they're they're good, but they're not great. Yeah. Oof, but that's I, it. I would say that Wally is my favorite um, Pixar film because this is a G-rated movie mm-hmm. that is that has so much on its mind. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what we do to our planet, um, the uh, how technology makes us complacent, mm. and then the overarching theme that um, that unconditional love trumps triumphs over life's programming yeah uh who does that with a g-rated film (laughs) (laughs) they really hit everything (laughs) in addition to more than a third of the movie is no one is talking Mm -hmm. that is so powerful yeah um i uh, i remember going to comic-con before wally came out and their uh, their sound design uh, engineer was there talking about how important that sounds and how they had to design sounds that would keep people engaged as if it was language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's intriguing. I wonder what the how that's going to play out. And then I saw the movie. Yeah. And it, I just I was completely out of out of all the films uh, that I I show to people. Um, to in, engage them in in certain ideas, uh, Wally is the one about how one life can make can change anyone and yeah. change anything. That was what struck me about the character, and when you kind of brought that note up, uh, especially coming from somebody who does a lot of social justice work, um, there is 
a significance of having characters who are so pure that mm-hmm. they 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 challenge people's worldview and go wait wait a minute why am I doing this the way I've been doing it right and I think you know I think we all need to ask ourselves that question like we either need people like that in our life or we need to be that yeah. for other people yeah all right guys that's the end of part one part one and done be sure to like and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at Pink Popcast and Facebook at Pink Popcast P-O-P yeah. you can also watch us on YouTube and rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts that really helps us get the word out there yes and we will read our best and worst comments you know that already so be sure to stay tuned for part two next week uh, until then I'm Josiah Rizzo I'm Benji Jones and on Wednesdays we, we wear, wear pink, pink. Play us out, Josiah.